especially Dwight and Jeannie live about 40. You guys can come um, and give them a hand clap as they do, if you would, just to honor them today. They honor the Lord with their life and service. But uh, we got to, uh, I got to preach at uh, Victory Church. Uh, you guys know Kyle Rogers, the, uh, Pastor Kyle. Um, he went on vacation, or actually he went to do a youth camp and got a day vaca- vacation. Um, uh, kind of like it works for, for me when, when we travel somewhere. We know somebody that, that pastors a church and like, hey man, if you're going to be in town, will you preach for me? And uh, so vacation always works in, you want to preach the gospel somewhere. I, I actually rejoice in that uh, opportunity. It was a fun time. I really enjoyed speaking to Victory Church and what a church that is and is becoming. Amen. And so uh, uh, drop Vanessa off at school. Um, yeah, I can't tell you that is like one of the most difficult things to do. I know she's not coming home. She's going to be there for a while. She'll be home for break, but uh, won't see her until winter break. And uh, I got to watch Angie as she said goodbye because she headed back on a plane early and, um, uh, for daycare stuff. And, and so uh, I watched them say goodbye to one another. You might have saw the picture on Facebook where they're just like embracing and crying. And uh, you didn't see my photo that day because I was just a wreck watching the two of them thinking to myself, in a few days, I'm going to be doing the same thing. And uh, so a few days later, I got to say goodbye to Vanessa as well. And uh, she's all settled in down there. And, and uh, of course, we've had those talks on the drive back um, where it's like, Daddy, I don't know what I was thinking going 1,800 miles away from home. <laughs> I'm like, I don't either, baby. I have no idea. But if I remember right, you felt like God called you there. And so uh, she's settled in, loves her classes. Um, now, how many of you know that most college student changes their, they change their major a couple times? Y'all know about that? We literally arrive, and she goes to the first cl- uh, session to sit down, and they start talking about what she's going to be studying, and she's like, I don't think this is what I want to do. <laughs> Go figure. So, we, we re- so literally, in her first few days, we shifted majors, uh, and so she's doing a multi- multidisciplinary studies which gives her the other things in English she wanted to do and, and also uh, studies in ministry. So um, she feels a, a distinct call of God on her life, and I'm uh, excited for her. I thank you for the prayers you've lifted up for my daughter, Vanessa, because I know you have for all my kids over the years. I thank you for that. And I know that, that they're living their callings out, not just because of Angie and I's intercession over their life, but because of your dedication. One of the things... <laughs> that I want to share with you, sorry, is Vanessa talked about how much she loves her church and her church family and how much you've meant to her. And uh, that's one of the things she said, I don't know if I'm going to find a church like ours here. I said, you won't. It doesn't have the people that are at Gateway in it, but you'll find a church like it where there's a lot of love and people who care for one another, love the word of God and love Jesus. Amen. And so, but I wanted to give you that report, her praise of who you are and have been in her life. Amen. With that, I want to turn it over to this wonderful couple. They're going to bless us with a song, and then Dwight is going to bring the word. Hallelujah. Good morning, Gateway Church. Hallelujah. Yes, indeed, it is a joy to be with you. We had a special weekend time with the wise guys and the wise gals. Oh, it was good. It was very, very good. I want to, um, well, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Sissel for inviting us to come back and 
have this wonderful weekend and be able to speak again to the entire church this Sunday here. And I want to share some thoughts with you from uh, my coach, one of my coaches. The title of this particular message was the, really the title for the weekend, Poised to Possess. Poised to Possess. And uh, one of my coaches in the Bible, his name is Caleb. I just like that guy. He's, he's just a shining example of one who just lived on the edge. He didn't, he didn't let anything disturb him. Whatever God said, that was good enough for Caleb. Whatever God wanted to do, that was good enough for Caleb. Whatever God promised, that was good enough for Caleb. So that's the kind of a, a, a person that I can look up to. And I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 14, and let's just get a quick glimpse of Caleb and the significance of his life and how it influences us today. Joshua chapter 14, we're going to, I'm going to start reading at verse 10. The Lord has done just as he promised. He made the promise with Israel. He made the, the promise while Israel was wandering around in the desert. That was 45 years ago. He has kept me alive all this time, so here I am today, 85 years old. I like young better. I'm still as strong today, says Caleb, as I was the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as able to go out to battle now as I was then. So give me this hill country. The Lord promised it to me that day. At that time, you yourself heard that the Anakites were living there. You also heard that their cities were large and had high walls, but I'll drive them out. What a guy. Just as the Lord said I would. He will help me do it. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, speak a word of truth to each one of us personally today that will further shape our destiny. Speak a word of truth to this church today that will further shape its destiny. So that we individually and corporately can say, whatever you want to do, Lord, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, people probably thought Caleb was crazy. I mean, you know, this part of the Hebron mountain was, was not the real pretty part. It was treacherous. It, 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 was, it was just not the kind of place that you would want to set up residence. And, and, and besides all that, there were giants in this area. I mean, I'm talking them big dudes. But Caleb, Caleb said, listen, you know, I, this is how I picture Caleb saying this. I think he, he looked around. He said, anybody else want to take that land? Anybody else want to deal with those giants? And nobody else responded. And Caleb said, I'm going. And I'm going to conquer. 
got to love his boldness. He climbed that mountain. He slew the, his enemies. And I think Caleb probably, before he went, he just put out that 85-year-old. No, I think he did it like this. All right, I'm ready to go. I think that's the kind of guy Caleb was. And he's the kind that demonstrates how to finish well, how to finish strong. As I look back over the topic poised to possess, and as I looked at Caleb, I, I said, okay, what are the ingredients to, uh, that, that uh, are needed to have that kind of that kind of spirit, that kind of determination, that kind of faith. What does it take? Well, in the verses that we read there, let's, let's, uh, let's look at a couple other verses. Let's drop down. Let's go back to verse 8. Because it says it three times in these verses. Verse 8, it says, several other men of Israel went up with, with Caleb. Uh, what they reported made the hearts of the people melt away in fear. You know the story. This is the 12 spies that went out to spy out the land. Only two of them came back with a good report. But Caleb says, but, but I followed the Lord my God with my whole heart. And look at verse 9. So on that day, Moses took an oath and made a promise to, to, to Caleb. He said, the land your feet have walked on will be your share. It will be the share of your children forever. That's because you have followed the Lord, my God, with your whole heart. And then it says it again in verse 14. So ever since that time, Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. That's because he followed the Lord the God of Israel with his whole heart. I think the first principle, the first ingredient to have that kind of spirit that Caleb had, you've got to be 100% committed, sold out to Jesus Christ. You've got to be totally surrendered to him. There's no question about it. That's where it really begins right there. And what does it mean to be, to follow God wholeheartedly? This is, this is my simple definition of what it means to be, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a follower of the things of God with your whole heart. It means you do not follow God half-heartedly. I'll say that one more time. You do not follow God half-heartedly. It won't work. <laughs> this... I think this is the key to spiritual success. If you really want to have spiritual success here on earth, then you have to follow God 100%. No question about it. It means, it means that, uh, that, that nobody gets in your way. Nothing stops you. You hold on. No matter what comes or what may think it's going to come or the challenges or the trials that you face, you are so committed that you know God will get you through. It was a Friday night in Vauxhall, New Jersey, at a prayer meeting. Then a 30-year-old young man went to an altar to pray. 
after struggling for four years, uh, after giving my heart to the Lord initially, and, and I didn't have a gateway church to, to love me. I didn't have a, a gateway church. I didn't have a, a pastor, Cecil, to come along and, and, and disciple me. I, I just didn't have it. I, I don't know why I didn't have it. I guess I was just too stupid at the time. But all I knew is that something was different on the inside of me. And it happened on January 21st, 1975. But I didn't have a follow-up to it. And so I kind of floundered for about four years. And then all of a sudden at this prayer meeting at that night, the Spirit of God moved on me in such a way that I remember vividly saying, God, I surrender all to you. I'm tired of me. And there was that commitment, 100%. Was it challenged? You better believe it. Did I have ups and downs initially? Yes. It wasn't easy. But I can stand before you today and say, I have a little bit more of the spirit of Caleb who followed God wholeheartedly. I think another thing that's important that Caleb speaks to us, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Caleb took a firm stand for what he knew was true. He was more concerned about the approval of God than the approval of man. Caleb was the kind of guy who not, whole, not only wholeheartedly walked with God, he also, he also made a decision knowing that he would somehow be challenged with it. And listen, if you're going to walk with God 100%, and you're going to be determined not to compromise, I guarantee you peer pressure will come at you. It will be that thought that, that people will say, well, come on and do it this way. They'll want to persuade you to follow the crowd. And guess what? That happens at any age. Peer pressure is at any age. Let's just follow the crowd. That can be at any age. But don't compromise. When you make that total commitment, when you make that total surrender, and you know, the, 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 the praise team, the songs the, they chose today, they had no idea what I was going to share on. But much of the verses in the songs that we sang today talked about surrendering commitment wholeheartedly. So we had it in the time of song, which confirms to me that God is saying something to each one of us today and us corporately. And so he's not looking for us to compromise anything in reference to him. But if you're going to be fully uh, a follower of God, like Caleb, then it's going to require regularly standing firm on what you know is true. We're living in a day and time that there's so many things that go on in life that want to um, take us away from the most important things in reference to God. I remember the day and time uh, that Wednesday was a traditionally a time in this country where many people did not do what they're doing now. 
It wasn't all about uh, I, I, I've got to work. It wasn't all about uh, the kids got to go here. It wasn't all about uh, this, and it wasn't all about that. It was all about I need to go to church so that I can continue my commitment 100% and, I ha- and can to, to continue to learn through God's Word and through the power of someone anointed to teach me how not to compromise like everybody else seems to be doing. Wednesdays was kind of a time you just kind of shut down. We, we, you know, you've seen the commercial. It's called hump day. It's that time period where we just, we need something to get us going again. But we've gotten so busy in our culture in America that we've, we've also kind of pushed aside. And follow me on this. We've also allowed, I'm just using this as an example. We've also allowed the coaches to tell us the kids got to be here for practice. You know what we did? Kyle was a very good baseball player. And the coach said, we, you know, we really value Kyle on the team. And I said, well, when it comes to Wednesday, Kyle will be leaving at 630 because Kyle and the rest of us will be going to church. Oh, but we need Kyle. I said, you better play him early in the game because either I or his mother are going to be taking him to church. Coach kind of looked at me strange and said, okay, Mr. Rogers, whatever we got to do, we'll do that. Listen, don't compromise. We who are in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, covered by the blood of Jesus, we do not have to compromise and let the world tell us what to do with our family. That's just an example. But tuck it away. Sometimes we get busy doing things we shouldn't be doing, and it causes us to compromise. Third thing I think Caleb teaches, take God at his word. Take God at his word. Now, remember, Caleb didn't enter the promised land when he was supposed to. He wandered around with everyone else. But I think Caleb was the kind of guy that kept himself very focused on what he knew was going to happen. Here's how I picture Caleb in the wandering years. Around the mountain one more time when it only could have taken them. They took 40 years to travel 11 miles. But I think this is what Caleb did. Caleb looked for the sons of the ten spies that didn't believe they could do it. I think Caleb looked for the nephews, looked for the cousins. And I think Caleb came alongside them over those 40 years, and he began to speak life into them. He began to declare to them to take God at his word. Uh, he began to help them to, to not look at the circumstance that they were in, but look at the, 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 the promise that was going to happen one day. I think Caleb became an encourager in the midst of devastation. I think Caleb was the kind of guy that put his arm around somebody's shoulder and said, I know it's rough. I know it's 
tough. But listen, I I remember watching God take uh, uh, us out of Egypt. I remember watching God take us uh, through a Red Sea. I was there when God caused the Red Sea to swallow up our enemy. I think Caleb told the stories of old and the powers and the acts of God to the younger generation. And the younger generation was not focusing on what they didn't have. They were focusing on where they were going and what they were going to have. That's the kind of Caleb I think operated in the times of wandering. The Israelites were clinging to the fictitious memories of of yesterday and Caleb was embracing the promises of God for tomorrow. The Israelites were we're, we're looking back, and Caleb was looking forward. He knew that God would be faithful because he had been faithful. And regardless of the time frame it took, Caleb was determined that one day the fulfillment of the promise was going to happen. Caleb trusted God's word spoken to him. He took God at his word, and guess what? Guess what? You and I can take God at his word now. Hundred percent. If I can put it this way, I am so glad to be a member of the hundred percent club. No compromise. Taking God at his word. And I think there's a fourth principle in a, uh, or a guide that, that, that Caleb gives us. You have to strongly desire to have fellowship with the Lord God Almighty regularly. You got to strongly desire that. It's not just something that comes and goes. It has to be a strong desire that consistently grips your spirit, grips your thoughts, causes your soul to line up and your flesh to say yes. It's a matter of strongly desiring the discipline to be in in fellowship with God on a regular basis, not just in church on Sunday or midweek service. It's every day. It's all day long even. You know, it's an interesting thing about the word Hebron. Hebron, in the original language, means fellowship, means love, means communion. The not-so-pretty area that Caleb was to take from the giants, the, the treacherous land was in the original was a place of fellowship, was a place of love, was a place of communion. Caleb had an insight on that. It was Hebron, if we remember, where God spoke to Abram about the promised land. Caleb had a strong desire to fellowship with God while the Israelites longed for Egypt. While others looked back, Caleb said, "Mm -mm, look forward. You know, I believe that is a real key to spiritual success, looking forward. My wife has has a phrase that she's coined, I don't know if it's original, but it, it, for us, it's, it's an original. You know, when, when certain things just don't go your way, when certain things just don't turn out the way you thought they would, when you have to deal with that particular person, 
You know that one I'm talking about? That particular, peculiar person, oh, the one that causes you to grit your teeth and swallow hard. But listen, they can either stop you from making progress, that trial can stop you from moving forward, that challenge can stop you from overcoming it, or you can say to the very thing that may be holding you back, or to the person, you might not say it to them directly, but you can say it to God, God, I'm not going to allow that person. I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm going to move on to the next person. I'm going to move forward. That's the kind of spirit we have to have. Think about it. In the day and time in which we're living, there are so many things coming at you as Christians today. Did you realize that Christian, uh, 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 the attack against Christians in this country and around the world is intensifying? Have you noticed that? It's intensifying. Do you know who's really behind that? You'll say the devil. You know what I say? I say God's using the devil to get our full attention so that we have a kind of Caleb spirit that says, where is our final destination and who are we going to hook up to to take them along with us to our final destination of promise? I think God is permitting certain things. He's not the originator of certain things. We know that's the devil. But I believe God uses that knucklehead to get to us and into us and get through us all that he wants to accomplish so that we stay focused on what's ahead for us. We keep moving. Could you imagine just for a moment going through the Red Sea? It went up like that. And it went up like that, and then was dry ground. I mean, if I was there, I would be saying, first of all, before I stepped in, I'd be saying, wow, daddy, mommy, look at that. Wow. Wow. Be amazed. Listen, folks, we're in a day and time where God wants to amaze us with what he can do. When everything looks, he wants to amaze us. But we have to have the desire to be in regular fellowship, communion, love, intimacy with him. We're in a day and time where we're we're, we're being faced and we will be faced with so many other challenges that will cause us to possibly say, wow. But no, I can't look at the wow of the Red Sea. I've got to look at the power of God. I've got to focus on him. We have to focus on him. We have to stay intense with him. As the enemy is is intensifying his attack against people today to get them in the grip of taking them to where he's going to end up called hell, God is intensifying his love and his desire and his dream and his vision and his purpose and his plan and his destiny for you and for this church and for the body of Christ around the world. God is intensifying things to keep our full attention on him because he knows where he wants to take us and he knows what's ahead for us. 
While others wanted to please themselves, Caleb wanted to please God. I think the question I, I would have for you today is, how intense is your relationship with Jesus? How intense is it? Is it intensifying? Is it becoming more a necessity to spend time in his word and in time in prayer? If you're living the Christian life for the applause of others, you won't make it. We have to run this race empowered by our love for God. You know, the word poised, Webster says poised means not moving, but ready to move. Prepared for something. Possess means to have or own something. To have or own something. So let me kind of put poised to possess in a definition in reference to Caleb. Caleb lived these principles and they kept him ready to move and take what was promised him when the time was right. Age didn't stop him one bit. Didn't stop him from being an influence. It didn't stop him from moving forward. It didn't stop him from taking God at his word that was spoken years, decades prior. It didn't stop him from being in fellowship closely with the Lord. It, uh, it didn't stop him at all. And I believe with all my heart, and I am moving in this direction, I am constantly saying to myself, as my coach says to me, I, I keep saying to myself, I have not arrived yet, but I'm determined I'm going to get there. I'm not where I used to be. And I thank God I'm not back where I used to be. And I'm not quite what I need to be right now. But thank God I still have an opportunity to get to what I need to become now and be an influence for younger generations. One of the things that, 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 that I enjoyed about being with the 50 to, well, 50 to older crowd this past weekend Even though we shared with them, I was so encouraged by what I was hearing coming out of my own mouth. Coming out of my wife's mouth. Because I'm a firm believer. And if you go into Joshua 15, you'll, you'll see a situation where, where Caleb had reached, he had, he had taken care of the giants. There was a city called Debir. And he said, he made this announcement. He said, anybody that's, that takes this city to beer from the enemy, I will give my daughter to them in marriage. A young man who was the nephew of Caleb came forward, Othniel, and he said, I'll do it. And he did it. And he received in marriage Caleb's daughter. But what that spoke to me was, Caleb had not reached a point he couldn't do it. Caleb had reached a point where he was released 
to allow the next generation to prepare for what God was going to do in and through them. Othniel went on to be a fantastic first judge for the Israel nation. I wonder how many leaders, young leaders, that are here now and the ones to come, that God is going to use this church to prepare for the tomorrows to advance his church and build his kingdom. I just wonder if the, if the older generation is going to continue to position themselves to have a Caleb spirit that, that will be a totally surrendered. And for the younger generation, that's where it starts. 100%. The older generation will come along and it will be able to be an example. For the younger generation, the older generation will come along and, and they will live it and they will speak it, they will pray it, they will sing it, they will shout it, they will declare it, no compromise. And the younger generation will pick up that spirit and in time they will embrace it more. I believe the older generation will be able to come along and, and say, say it, live it, sing it, pray it, walk it out. Take God at his word. Maybe sometimes the only counsel we can give a, a younger person, just take God at his word. Matter of fact, that's good counsel right there. A listening ear will hear that and do that. I think the older generation can be examples for the younger generation of how to stay in tight, regular fellowship with God no matter what. And the younger generation will see, they will hear, they will experience. You know, one of the, one of the things that, that um, I, I think my wife and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, helped to do for our three sons is they, they heard us cry out to God. They saw us trust God. They, they realized that from time to time there was no other answer but God. There was no solution to the problem but Jesus. Now, it's still their choice what they're going to do with him. It's still their choice how they're going to operate. But oh, thank God, they heard their models in their homes. Kyle put it this way. We, he, he's had close to 30 years. In his initial 18 years, he watched. He had a front row seat of how God worked in our lives. That's what the younger generation is looking for. That's the excitement they're really expecting. Deep down inside, that's the desire. It's been clouded over with a lot of stuff, but deep down inside, that's what they're, they're really saying. Where are the examples? Where's the voice? Where's the Caleb uh, that's going to come along and show me the way? I want to close this morning to give you an opportunity to be honest with yourself before God. If you're here today and you are half-hearted with God, you're not 100% totally surrendered, but the Spirit of God has spoken to you today, you are to become totally, completely surrendered to him today. If, you're, if, if that's you, 
in a moment, I want you to stand and be honest with yourself and be honest before God. Don't worry about people. This is a, this is a you and God thing. If you're here today and you have not... You've been compromising God's word. You've been compromising in your relationship with him. And today the spirit of God has spoken to you and said, don't compromise anymore. Today you make the decision between you and God. No more compromise. No more, no more yielding to the peer pressure. No more going along with the crowd. If I've got to walk this thing by myself, then I know I will not be alone because Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit will be there with me. That is a crowd that is bigger than any other crowd. Today, you don't want to compromise. You may be here today and you have not been taking God at his word like you know you should. Today. I'm going to take you at your word. You may be here today and your, your regular time with God has become very inconsistent. Out of seven days, you might find one or two days where you really get alone with God and get into his word and get into prayer. When, when he's been wooing you, he's been drawing you with everlasting loving, loving kindness, saying, I want, to, I want to meet with you every day. I know your schedule's busy, but I can do something in your time where you will accomplish more after you spend the time with me. That may be you today. So whatever category, whatever principle, whatever area you may be weak in, you, you may say, Pastor, I'm, I'm weak in all four. Well, that's fine. Stand. But today, stand determined that you're not going to be weak any longer. You're going to strengthen yourself through his word and through the ministry of, of, of the leadership of this church and through the ministry of this church. So on the count of three, okay, you don't have to. There's no pressure here. But I, I can speak from experience. Why be weak in one of these four areas and be miserable when today you can turn it around 180 degrees? So at the count of three, whatever one or ones you need to stand up and, and, and say it's going to be different from here on. I'm going to make sure it's different. At the count of three, you stand up. One. You're identifying whatever one that is. You're being honest with yourself. Maybe you're here today and you have never invited Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. That's where it all starts. That's the beginning step. That's the most challenging step. But that's where life really begins to live. You stand and you make clear that matter of fact, for, if you're here today and you're not born again, I'm going to invite you to come down and I'm going to meet you down here so that I can pray specifically with you. Two. What's it going to be? You say, Pastor, you don't know me. You're exactly right. I don't know you. But I'm human just like you. And I've lived live this Christian life long enough to realize I can understand where you're coming from. I can understand how uncomfortable you might feel right now. 
But let me give you some encouragement. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus, who probably was very uncomfortable to die for you. Matter of fact, he sweat as it was great drops of blood agonizing. If there's another way we can handle this situation. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, God. And he went from the Garden of Gethsemane onto the cross so that you and I would not struggle with what's been shared today, but yield to it and let him work in and through our lives to bring fulfillment and to help us to become Caleb's in the modern 21st century. So if you're ready to stand, three, stand. Now I'm going to encourage you to take another step of courage, another step of boldness. Whatever one of these guidelines or principles we talked about today that you have identified, if it's, if it's one of them or if it's all four of them, being committed, totally surrendered, 100%. No more compromise. Taking God at his word. I'm going to spend more time with God. I'm going to spend more time in his word. Whatever one it is I, or, or whatever ones it may be, I want you to take a step of courage, a step of faith, and I want you. You know, the most powerful prayer that can ever be prayed for you is the one you pray for yourself. And that's what I want you to do today. That's what I'm encouraging you to do today. Pray whatever prayer you need to pray, but the sincerity of your heart is what will grab God's heart. So right now, begin to pray. Go ahead, open up your mouth. Nobody's listening, only you and God. Open up your mouth and begin to pray that prayer you need to pray for yourself right now. for everyone to stand and take the hand of the person next to you. Somebody nearby, just grab their hand. Now, don't let the enemy convince you that you can't talk to somebody about your weaknesses. Don't, don't let the enemy convince you that you cannot find someone 
you, you, you say, Pastor, I don't, I don't have someone that I can go and talk to. Have you ever asked God to give you somebody that you can go and talk to that can keep you on the straight and narrow? If you haven't asked him, he'll bring somebody to you. Matter of fact, he'll bring a whole bunch of people to you that will help keep you on the straight and narrow. You know, there's a, there's a word that the enemy definitely does not like for us to, to even consider. It's called the word accountability. Keeping ourselves accountable to God. But don't stop there because God doesn't. God says keep yourself accountable to those that I surround you with who can speak into your life a word of truth. That can further shape your destiny. So don't be, don't be scared about keeping yourself accountable. Start with the, the leadership of this church. And then let them direct you from there. Last thing. And I'm going to sit down. Because I'm tired now. Last thing. The enemy likes to play tricks in your mind. Because that's the playground, if allowed for him to come play in that playground. If you give him permission, he will come and play in your playground called your mind. And he will wreak havoc in your playground. So no more lies. No more deception. No more doubt. No more apathy. No more I can't. No more disobedience. No more of anything that will give an entrance for the devil to play in your mind with. No more. Today it stops in the name of Jesus. Today you can declare. Matter of fact, you need to declare. I declare. Go ahead, say it. I declare. Come on, say it like you mean it if you really mean it. I declare no more. I declare no more. That the devil will play in my mind. It stops today. And what starts today is heaven unfolding. The will. The purpose. The plan. The destiny that God has for me. That starts today. Say it again. That starts today. Say it again, that starts today in the name of Jesus. Now come on and give God some thanks. Lift your hands and praise him. Give him some thanks. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. What a word, amen. Great word from the Lord today. And uh, would you do this with me? skillfully right now can we just shout a big hallelujah to the lord one two three hallelujah skillfully we praise him amen with joy in our hearts listen i want to thank you for your responsiveness to the word today and here's why i do that you know when your children do the right thing right and i'm doing this as the pastor of the church it's something god laid on my heart our responsiveness to the word is what causes it to work in our life, amen? When we respond to him, when we respond to his word, it begins to work. It's kind of like planting a seed in the ground. If you pour some water on it, next thing you know, a sprout comes forth, amen? And here's what I expect from this word today. We have a Caleb spirit about the things that God is speaking over our life. 
and we take our mountain. You may not know this, but when pastor said that uh, that's where God commanded the blessing, do you know that's also the place that God encourages unity among the brethren? See, he says that, behold, Hebron. Hebron, although a treacherous place, was a blessed place because it's the place that holds all the water. And the Bible declares the word to be water, the washing of the water of the word. And that where the word is present, trust me this, there's life. See, that's what he said. That's where he commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And that's why Christ came and died on that Christ, to give us life and life more abundantly forevermore. So let's be like Caleb, and let's seize our mountains in this life. Those things that God has called us to, let's seize them, and let no obstacle stand in our way. Amen? This is not positive thinking. This is God-like thinking, that we think the way our God thinks. Amen? According to his word. God bless you, uh, and have a great week.